When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, are we ready or what? We got conference championships this weekend. SA out on the West Coast feeling good about his Knicks taking down the Nuggets. That was pretty impressive. I got Bart Scott here to my left. Hello, Hello sir. We got King Mobutu. <laughs> RC in the building. Come on, that's fresh. <laughs> that's a Uganda special right that's there. A you know Uganda. I haven't seen you do that yet, that cut. You know, we're just doing different things right now. I'm into here, it. I'm into you know, it. Like the blue when, looks good on you, and I like that you did the silver. Not you know, Molly, so what happens is people on this show made some resolutions that were false mm. from the beginning yeah. because they only took themselves into account. Mm. You know, and people like Stephen A., yeah. Shannon Sharp, and so... You know, like I said, I put you at the top. Thank you. And then every time I'm on here, I'm just going to shut it down. Yeah. Well, let me say. They didn't think about the level just, of competition. Just, yeah, that's what it was. Let me, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, because my suit, my suit game is pretty damn fly in the whole bit, and I understand this. But I will concede that I have been defeated by Ryan Clark. I Ooh. have to concede. I what? have to concede that I was. Let, let, let me tell you something right now, Ryan Clark. I remember when you rolled out at the HBCU joint looking like Dick Tracy with that old yellow hat. <laughs> right? and, and I said to myself, nah, nah, nah. But then when I saw you rocking the red that day with the coat, yeah, that's when coat. I stood down. And, and, and I got a bit of Molly, I'm going to mint this on National Television because see, this is love right here. This is love right here. Ryan Clark was looking so fly in that red suit. I actually thought about calling his stylist. Oh, wow. Actually, he, about he, it. Hey, he tried I, to get to you. Andre Julius. He tried to get to you. Andre Julius. I had to friend do it. Of mine yo, as yo, well. yo, yo, you know what I'm doing? I got my top board. I got my Briannis. I, I got all yeah. of that stuff. But I got to tell you something. You know what, Ryan? I'm going to let I'm gonna let your stylist make something for me. Man, I, you my dog. I'm going to see wow. if I can rock. You my see, dog. Andre is so see, happy see right now. I just need you to see, do something really humility? quick before we start the show. Could you just smile for a picture? I just want to remember this moment. Stephen A. <laughs> conceded that somebody was better at something than he, he him. He got it. He, 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 he got me. He, he's expanding wow. my style. I hope Shannon Sharp is watching because There's Shannon no hope was Shannon. in on this. There's too. no hope for Shannon. So There's I no hope how Shannon is. <laughs> he's not even a part of this contest. He's not even a part of this team. Uh, no. Send us a tweet. Let us know how you feel. Ryan won the competition. <laughs> Are you still in the game or what? All right, guys. Uh, two days out from conference championship games, and here's what's at stake for each team. So the Niners. Or in the NFC Championship game for the third straight year, really impressive. San Francisco lost the previous two, but those games were on the road in Los Angeles and Philadelphia. The Niners have won six straight home playoff games. Detroit hasn't been here in over 30 years, reaching its first conference championship game since 1991. The Lions got their eye on the prize, though, as they are one of only four teams that have never played in the Super Bowl, Bart, we're rooting for him. The city of Baltimore is hosting the conference championship for the first time in over 50 years. The Ravens seeking their third Super Bowl appearance in franchise history after winning titles, remember, in 2000 and 2012. And those Chiefs, they've been here before, right? Six straight year in the conference championship for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Unbelievable. That's Tom Brady stuff. The defending champions are looking to make their fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons. Mahomes on the road. It's just different, first off. Um, we've played a lot of home games, a lot of games at Arrowhead, which we love. 
Um, but getting a new challenge, new opportunity to go out there and, and see what we can do. Um, that as well as when you're on the road, I mean, obviously Chiefs Kingdom travels, but everybody's against you, and you've got to go out there and come together as a team and find a way to win. And um, It's just a whole new opportunity for you to go out there and see what you're really about. All right, RC, need you here. Uh, who's more likely to win on the road Sunday? The Lions. Mm. And I'm not going to hesitate on that. When you think about this team and what Dan Campbell has been able to create, we often go back to what he said in his opening press conference and about biting knees and getting knocked down and getting back up. What we overlooked is how well coached this team is, how much belief he had in the team that only won three games in his first year, that started its second year one and six, to continue to go forward on fourth down, to continue to push and be behind them. And now this team's team believes in themselves. And also think about their coordinators offensively, Ben Johnson, defensively, Aaron Glenn. The things that they've been able to do to use every piece of that roster that Brad Holmes has built to be the best they could possibly be. And now on paper, Matching up against the San Francisco 49ers, it doesn't look good. San Francisco 49ers, extremely explosive in the pass game. Detroit Lions, they don't stop that very well. But going on the road, being able to run the ball with Jameer Gibbs, being able to run the ball with David Montgomery, and Jared Goff, who, believe it or not, is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Yes, I said it. Bump the stats. Bump what you think. Bump the MVP conversation. Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And on the other side of that, the only reason we're even talking about the AFC Championship being a game is because Patrick Mahomes plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Baltimore Ravens have been so dominant this year that it shouldn't be a conversation. The only reason it is is because, in my opinion, the best quarterback to ever play the game is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why I have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs reluctantly, right? Because experience matters, right? And he's been in these big games. And you talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of slaying the dragon last week when you talk about going to or- or Orchard Park, uh, one of the most hostile environments. And I know MMT Bank Stadium is going to be rocking, but it's going to be, you know, similar to what he experienced last week. On the road, you talk about Andy Reid and his ability to find out and exploit the, the weaknesses and defenses last week, deciding, you know, to attack the linebackers, knowing what the situation was with A.J. Klein, you know, and, and his ability. And so he attacked him with Travis Kelsey. But also Steve Spagnola, because I've seen in recent years, you know, even when he went all the way back when he defeated the greatest show of all time, when you think yeah. about New what New he Patriots. did to New England Patriots, you know, even when his teams aren't good, he's a good big game coordinator, right? So I know he's going to have something for Lamar Jackson, and I get nervous sometimes that Lamar could always revert to what he was and start using his athleticism. The evolution of Lamar Jackson this year has been that he's been able to buy time and use his legs to throw the ball down the field and use his legs only when it's the last resort. That's what kept him healthy. That's why he's in this position. That's why this team is in this position is because he's been healthy. I get nervous that Patrick Mahomes always finds a way, right? And you talk about, you know, Tom Brady lost at times during his run, but you were surprised. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Mahomes finds a way to figure it out, right? You think about guys getting tight, right? The expectations and all the pressure is on the Baltimore Ravens. They're the best team with the MVP, with the number one defense left in these playoffs. They should win. They're supposed to win. But we know the, uh, the best team doesn't always win. You just have to be better than that team that day. And I think that's the point you're making with the Lions because we both know that all are all around that San Francisco's a better, better team. team. Yep. But the better team doesn't always win. And how often do we get you know, two number one teams or number one seeds going against each other? Somebody usually um, you know, chokes 
And, you know, I just hope it's not the Ravens. But if I had to pick a team <laughs> that it would be, I would say, you know, arguably, you know, the best generational talent that we've seen in a long time. I don't, I don't put Patrick Mahomes in that same discussion that you guys put because three isn't five. I think he needs uh, still a lot more work to get yeah. done. But I, I don't, I don't doubt this man. I, I've doubted him before, and I've come up on the wrong side of that. Well, listen, if we if we're going to say what we've said about Lamar Jackson, it's not just about Patrick Mahomes. It's how Lamar Jackson rises to the occasion and every nugget of adversity that has been thrown his way throughout his life and his career. He's responded in stellar fashion for the most part. And so for me, I'm looking at Baltimore and I expect them to win that game, even though I know that Patrick Mahomes is that dude. I'm a side with RC here with the Detroit Lions. Do you know that the Detroit Lions are the only team that hasn't give up 70 rushing yards in a game this season? It's the only team that hasn't done that. Now, I'm thinking about the San Francisco 49ers, and I understand Kyle Shanahan and his play calling, and I get the fact that Ayuk is there and Kittle is there. We're hoping that Debo Samuel is going to be ready to roll after injuring that shoulder injuring that shoulder last weekend, and we get that, and that's going to be necessary. But a lot of their success, obviously, is predicated in the rides on, on Christian McCaffrey. You know, not just running the football, but out of the backfield and some of the things that, we can, that he can do. We accept that. We understand that. But if you could find a way to neutralize the running game of San Francisco, which Detroit has been able to do effectively throughout this season, then that's going to be a plus for you. So I look at it from that perspective. I also agree with RC that Jared Goff is a better quarterback this year mm. than Brock Purdy. If you're looking and you're watching the game and you're looking at Jared Goff play the game of football, we cannot we cannot ignore what we've seen this brother do. Then we've got to take into account they've got not one but two running backs with over 900 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns this season in Montgomery and Gibbs. So I'm looking at it from that perspective and what they bring to the table. I'm looking at Laporta, who I didn't even expect to play because he got hurt at the tail end of the regular season, but he's been in both of these playoff games. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Jameson Williams. Of course, I'm looking at Amon Ross St. Brown. And they've got a multitude of weapons to make things happen offensively. I don't like what I've been seeing from San Francisco defense over the last several weeks, I think they've bent a little bit too much. They may not have broken, but they bent a little bit too much. And then last nugget of information that I think both of y'all, both of y'all will be interested in. Okay. Detroit faces a Niners team that's 5-0 and in home playoff games under Kyle Shanahan. You're going to get the, the impression that somehow, way, that's going to come to the end. They've lost 13 straight road games. <laughs> to San Francisco. How much longer is that going to last? And last but not least, they've lost 11 straight road playoff games. Ironically, the last playoff game on the road that the Detroit Lions have won was against San Francisco in 1957. (laughs) I think at some point, that's going to come to an end. The Detroit Lions, I give a better chance than the Kansas City Chiefs to register the upset. On well, the, the other piece is this, too, Bart, and I'll let you go. And I said it this morning. The thing that Dan Campbell has done well for the Detroit Lions was make them aware of history but not make them play against history. Mm-hmm. It's been about his Detroit Lions. It's been about this 2023-2024 iteration Mm -hmm. of the Detroit Lions. And that's why I think when you have a moment like you have against the Dallas Cowboys, which we've kind of washed away, right? The fact that they said that Taylor Decker didn't report eligible. You win the game and everybody's like, oh, now you've taken home field advantage for them. Now they have to go on the road in the second round. This team never thought about that. All they did was go out and play the game they prepared to play each week. And so that's what's beautiful about them going to San Francisco for the NFC Championship. They're not playing Mm -hmm. against all of that. 
right? It's that locker room. It's one pride against a San Francisco 49er team that you aren't supposed to beat. Dan Campbell has been preaching to them all year. You're built to do the things they say you aren't. You know, he's, he's built a culture, right? And I'm proud of it being a Detroit native. Of course, I'm excited to, and hopeful. that dad, the line, What kind of yak your dad going to be on? Banana cone yak. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get that in early. That's for <laughs> breakfast, baby. We eat that with our Cheerios. But, you know, we talk about, like, when you, if we were to discuss the weakest unit left in this game, or this or in in these playoffs, we would say it's the secondary of the Detroit Lions. Yes, right. We watch we watch Matthew Stafford slice and dice him up. I don't even know how many yards he's still completing passes. Right, and you talk about you Baker know they, they, they were they were able to bow up in the red zone. You know that's still a bad recipe for success. So I think that when you think about San Francisco, I think they're going to be able to move the ball up and down. It's going to come down to red zone efficiency. You know when you talk about you know on the other side, and, and I think it's a false narrative about. Kansas City and this team, right? I, yes, this is the worst offense and the offensive personnel that Patrick Mahomes has ever had. But I would argue to say that it's the best defense that he's ever yes. had. So you can't say that this is the worst team that he's ever had, right? It's just different, right? We always talk about the redistribution of money, right? So now they just put more money and resources and great draft, draft the, equity the draft on, the defense, defense. On, right, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. So that defense has the ability to, to shut down teams so it's not all on Patrick Mahomes like it used to be because he can lay an egg. He can figure it out. They can give up some, some scores and fall behind yeah. with Buffalo, yeah. but he knows that Spagnola would figure it out, and he usually does. That's why I say that it's more likely that Kansas City mm. will get the upset real, you know, other than Detroit. Real quick before we roll, which of the four teams would you say is the healthiest right now? The Ravens. You've got to go with the Ravens. The Ravens have Outside of Marlon of their Humphrey. principal pieces, Marlon Humphrey and Keaton. The Keaton Mitchell right. injury is big, but Mark Andrews is supposed to be back as well. Yeah. All right. And that's been a difference in the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson hasn't been on his stage because he's been injured. Yep. You know, everybody yes. want to go back to his playoff record. It's because he hasn't been healthy, so he hasn't been able to improve that. Yep. He's a much different quarterback than he is All now. Right. Well, someone knows who, uh, about greatness would be Bill Belichick. He's been to nine Super Bowls, and I really need the two of you to break this down for me. Let's get yes. into this next topic. So the Atlanta Falcons hired Raheem Morris. Huge congrats to him as their head coach on Thursday, making him the first full-time black head coach in the franchise's history. Morris's hire comes after an extensive search that featured 14 candidates, including former New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick, who interviewed twice. The Falcons are the only team Belichick is known to have interviewed with. Morris, meanwhile, got his start with the Falcons back in 2015 as a passing game coordinator before eventually becoming the interim coach in 2020. He then won a Super Bowl with the Rams as defensive coordinator before making his return to Atlanta. Uh, Stephen A., let's start with Raheem Morris first. What do you think of this hire? Um, I don't mind it at all. I think that a lot of people will look at his record and they'd say, all right, 21 and 38 uh, in four seasons as a head coach with just one winning season and no playoff appearances. They'll look at that, the three years in Tampa, et cetera, et cetera. He filled it for Dan Quinn when he was the interim. Once Dan Quinn got let go in Atlanta, they'll look at that. I will remind everybody, the man's got two Super Bowl titles. He was a defensive quality coach in 2002 in Tampa, but he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams in 2021. And so when we look at it from that perspective, OK, he's got some credentials here. Obviously, he was really, really young uh, when he was a head coach before. And, and you learn, you one would surmise that he's had to learn uh, from some of the mistakes that he may have made as a young head coach back in the day. And remember, he was an assistant head coach and a wide receiver coach in Atlanta for the 2016 Super Bowl team as well. And so we've got to look at it. He's got relationships, obviously, within that organization. He's got some experience. He's got a, a Super Bowl experience. 
experience as a defensive coordinator, of course. So we got, and, and, and you got to take that into consideration. So I want to sit up there and give the guy a chance. Is he Bill Belichick? Hell no. Is he a six-time champion? Hell no. Has he been a leader to the degree that Bill Belichick has been? No. Uh, but in the end, you have to surmise that as an organization, they probably looked at him and said, you know what? He's going to be the coach, but he's also going to be receptive to the involvement of others. And as opposed to, I've been here, I've done that, I'm the man, now all of y'all step aside. This new generation of executives and what have you are not going to bring people in the mix, you know, that is so incredibly established that you can't tell them anything. They want complete control. Raheem Morris is hired to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That was that is what they were looking for, not someone to oversee their organization. And I think that's why they made this choice and they didn't pick Bill Belichick. And I can understand it. Huge congrats to Raheem. But I need to go macro here with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I'll start with you, Bart. I'm just shocked that Bill Belichick, who's won six Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. been to nine, he got one interview and didn't even get the job. So can you explain to me, like, behind, what what am I missing? I mean, you're missing what was isn't what is, right? So that means, you know, yes, he is a six-time Super Bowl winning um, coach. But that doesn't mean that he's able to evolve, right? We always I give credit to Nick Saban. I did this on the other show. We talked about this earlier. We gave Nick Saban so much credit because who he surrounded himself with, right? You think about he always had a new coordinator, awesome, always some new outward thinking type of young, you know, uh, coordinator up and coming. Right. So that kept him relevant in the game that allowed him to evolve with the game. The game has evolved. And like I said before, you either die the hero or see yourself become the villain if you stay around long enough. And Bill Belichick has to do what Mike McCarthy did when he set out for a year and went and self-evaluated himself and self-scouted himself and see how can he be better to relate with today's athlete, to, to relate with how you know, organizations run their business. Right. And you have to understand. This Bill Belichick, in my opinion, isn't a program builder at this stage in his life and his career. How long are you going to have Bill Belichick? And I think ultimately what really hurt him is the fact that who he brings along with him, Matt Patricia and and Josh McDaniels. So if I'm thinking, okay, when he graduates and decides to move on, am I going to to keep continuity within my building and the culture going? Am I going to promote Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia? No. So he doesn't have that young, up-and-coming, aspiring guy that he can hand it over to. Right, that other teams will respect. So I think ultimately, you know, he needs to go to a team like Philadelphia, you know, like the Buffalo Bills, potentially a team that's one person away, a John Gruden away from getting them over the hump, a team that felt like they had plateaued, and that may present itself next season. Well, I think this all comes full circle. Uh, I do hate that I didn't get an opportunity to speak on Raheem Morris, one of my favorite coaches of all time that I played for, one of my closest friends in the business, and. From the moment I walked into the building in Washington in my last year, I understood how special he was. I understood how he could relate to players, how he understood that everything was a conversation, even if he had the final say on the decision. He was inclusive. He understood what it meant to have a superstar and make that superstar understand that these are the ways we have to be about team and these are the ways the team is going to be about you, which is why you get a tweet from Jalen Ramsey yesterday that says he's the right guy, that says he's the best guy, that says he's one of the best coaches doing it. And if you look at what he was able to do with this Los Angeles Rams defense, not the year they won the Super Bowl, 
But this year, one of the youngest defenses in all of football, and aging Aaron Donald as your best player, and you get that team to the playoffs by figuring out how to use what you have schematically. So that's the X's and O's part of it. And the relational part of it, there's no one better for the job in Atlanta. Now, to Bill Belichick is this. I said this the Friday morning after the press conference. Everybody was like, oh, you're going to fire playoff coaches. Bill Belichick is going to cast this big shadow. And I said, ain't nobody going to be kicking their spouse out of bed because Bill Belichick in these streets. I told y'all the streets was not going to be hot for Bill Belichick. We saw what it was without Tom Brady. Danny Amendola saying that we worked for Bill, but we played for Tom isn't a glowing endorsement of how the Patriot way can work when Tom Brady isn't your quarterback. Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien to some extent in Houston. We've seen all of these people leave and nobody's successful. So now all of a sudden we want to go back to that? Or are we going to assess the current Head coaching climate. What coaches go to teams and do well? Mike McDaniels, he did a good job. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Sean McVay, he did a great job. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Matt LaFleur now moving on from Aaron Rodgers and getting to make the team his team. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Dan Campbell, Bill Belichick isn't like him. And does any of us think that when you sit and have a meeting with Bill Belichick, you are wowed by his personality and his ability to connect? So if it's just not that you're worried about history or that you're worried about resume or that your trophy case watching, he ain't the dude. And I think that the day it happened, Adam Schefter said that the Atlanta Falcons could be players for Bill Belichick, which said to me it was Bill Belichick's job to lose. Well, guess what? He lost it. That's what happened here. They sat in front of him, and they realized he wasn't the right coach So are you saying he's not as good as we all thought he was? No, because you don't win if you're not that good. He was as good as we all thought he was when he was as good as we all thought he was. That ain't today. Well, Because you're the greatest of all time doesn't mean you're the best fit today. Well, I get where you're coming from, and I'm not trying to say that you're wrong, but it's more to it than that. I said this. When it happened, you cannot push. You cannot be the guy that pushed Tom Brady out the door. You swear that he doesn't have it anymore. That man goes on to win a Super Bowl and you go on the nosedive. Mm -hmm. You miscalculated. You, you, You didn't evaluate him accurately. But more importantly, you didn't show the deference and respect warranted to him that kind of stain doesn't just resonate with players it resonates with other executives it resonates with other owners I don't believe that Bill Belichick would be in this position despite his struggles if Tom Brady had just retired and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady man I'm gonna miss this brother he's so special I love him to death I wish he couldn't go but Tom Brady said it's time to walk away and then you're trying to retool and retool and retool and it just didn't work out that's not what happened when you push Tom Brady out the door what do you do you draft Mac Jones Mac Jones had a pretty good rookie year what do you do you bring in Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator as opposed to somebody that was really gonna get him going why because those were your guys and you wanted to make sure that you displayed dominion over your habitat 
even at the expense of the collective whole and what was better for the franchise. That is what is being held against Bill Belichick because we all know he could coach. But the relationships that you talked about, R.C., the lack thereof, not just with players, but with everything, that is coming back to haunt him. That's why young bloods and young thoroughbreds are getting these coaching opportunities and nobody wanted to come his way. Well, I also like to applaud really the the NFL, right? Because this time last year we were talking about inclusion and being able to yep. hire African Americans, right? You talking right. about the guys that've been coming? Yeah. All right. I've been told eighty six head coaches. Club. Really interesting getting your perspective on Raheem Morris. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited five x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The league is returning to an East versus West format for the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. And here's how each team will line up. Giannis Antetokounmpo will be the captain for the Eastern Conference. LeBron James for the West in his record 20th All-Star Game. He's that dude. All right, quick take for you, Stephen A. Do you feel like Seth Curry got snubbed? I do not. Um, I, I, you know, I don't believe that. I think he's an all-star, obviously. He's a sensational player, a superstar, averaging 26 a game. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that the Golden State Warriors have struggled immensely throughout this season. They're four games under 500. And when you look at the rest of the Western Conference, um, I, I'm looking at the forwards. We agree there. But, you know, my mentality is that the guard play, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a league MVP candidate, top three or four as far as I'm concerned. And Luka Doncic is averaging 30. Three. So those were my starting guards, and I didn't go that route in terms of. And by the way, I didn't even have LeBron James as one of my starters. And the reason for that was because I put Anthony Davis in there instead of him, because LeBron James has made no apologies for leaning on Anthony Davis and how sensational Anthony Davis has been and how consistent he has been. So I picked Kevin Durant and obviously Nikola Jokic as my front court players, but I did that with Anthony Davis as opposed to LeBron James. You want to hear what I have to say about the East real quick? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about Jalen Brunson specifically, if you felt like he got snubbed. 
Uh, I'm a Knicks fan. We all know that I'm very proud of the job that Jalen Brunson has done. He's that dude. He's absolutely sensational. I love him to death. But I got grander plans for the New York Knicks, and an all-star <laughs> selection ain't it. I got Jalen Brunson as an all-star, but not as an all-star starter, as great as he has been, because Tyrese Halliburton of mm. the Indiana Pacers is mm-hmm. leading the league in assists, doubling up Brunson on assist. And while we expected the New York Knicks to be respectable, which they've been better than that at 28-17, and 17, by yeah. the way, and I'm very pleased, Indiana is no slouch. Just three games behind with 25 uh, wins this season. And the number one offense, led by the assist leader himself, and Tyrese Halliburton is also averaging nearly 24 a game. So I went yeah. with him as my starter and Jalen Brunson coming off the bench. Okay. The and I got Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. I got Donovan I- Mitchell, by the way, as my two guard instead of uh, as the second spot instead okay. of Damian Lillard. It looks you, like you, you they might, want you us might, to talk yeah. about You football. might not know this, Molly, but I have a radio show here in New York. Oh, no, I, I do. And, and I, I, blame, I blame New York Knicks fans who don't vote. They'd rather you know, go after Candace Parker for her comments that she said about Jalen Brunson instead of actually voting. So he was so far behind that he couldn't have been a starter. Yeah, so that's the reason why. All I know is I went to one Knicks game and I got the key to the garden now, but you know what it is. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Back to football. And his first full season as a starter, Brock Purdy leads the NFL in total QBR and is a finalist for MVP. But including the playoffs, he and Jared Goff have put up nearly identical numbers this season with Goff outpacing him slightly in touchdowns and passing yards per game. Okay, Bart, who do you Ooh. trust more Sunday? Is it Goff? Sunday. Sunday, just Sunday, Sunday in that little NFC championship uh, game. Are you going Jared Goff or okay. Purdy? Rock. Jared Goff is the better quarterback. Okay. Who do I trust more on Sunday, which is the question. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy because you talk about home cooking. He got you know over the hump last week, having a bad performance, able to come back and lead his first game-winning drive. You know, I feel like he's going to be comfortable, right? I don't worry about Jared Goff because he showed that he's big time. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl before, so he's been on big stages. What I get concerned with is, is this the first time that the others, you know, the, the role players come in and feel a little bit tight because they've been having a home cooking in the confines of, you know, um, you know, Ford Field. Now they're going across the country, which is always difficult, and they're playing in a hostile environment. They won't be able to lean on the things that they've been able to lean on, like being able to make checks and not having to go on a silent count and all those things. So if you ask me what team do I, do I trust more, I got to go with the home team simply because the Lions team are so young and so new to success that I think they may struggle a bit early on until they get their sea legs under them. Jared Goff has struggled under pressure, and I think maybe they find a way to get pressure on them. Well, one of the things y'all have y'all have played the role in teaching me is that if you have a running game, if your defense travels and your running game travels, then obviously that 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 ails a lot of problems that may plague you. And when I look at the Detroit Lions and I think about that duo at the running back spot in Montgomery and Gibbs, and then I take into account Jared Goff, seventy-one percent completions, ten touchdowns, just one interception in play action. I'm thinking about what they can do against the San Francisco 49ers defense that's been prone or so. You know, to 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 you know, surrender to some degree when you utilize play action effectively. So I'm looking at it from that standpoint. I'm also looking at all the pressure being on the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to trust golf more than I'm going to trust trust Purdy in this situation. I think that if the San Francisco 49ers pull this out. 
it will be because of the greatness of Christian McCaffrey and, of course, Debo Samuel. I think that's what it will require in order for them to pull something off. But I'm just of the mindset that the pressure is on San Francisco. You think the pressure is on the Baltimore Ravens as a number one seed. How about Kyle Shanahan keep knocking on the door but unable to kick the door in? How about them being in numerous NFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance and still haven't been able to uh, close the door? And then you're going up against a Lions team that before these playoffs began had one playoff victory since 1957. Nothing was expected of them. And here they come. Here they come roaring in. And they win two playoff games and they find themselves in that NFC Championship game after beating the Rams and the Buccaneers. I think that the Lions are playing with house money. I think they're going to be loose. We know they're a physical team. They can run the football. They can play smash mouth football. They can throw the football. And they can get after you defensively. I'm going to trust golf in this situation even more so than Purdy. I think that Purdy's got a lot to overcome. Not to say he can't, but I think he's got a lot more to overcome. I'm going to trust golf more than him in this situation. Yeah, so answer is I agree with Stephen A. I say Jared Goff, but it isn't that easy. That's why these sorts of questions set you up to say things that you don't really want to say in the answer. When you look at Brock Purdy, everything should be stacked in his favor. But the one thing that none of us has mentioned truly yet is that without Debo Samuel, this isn't just a different quarterback. This is a different offense. The way that they have to run their offense and who they have to run it through changes. Now, Christian McCaffrey is the best player. Debo Samuel is the most important piece. The way that he can be utilized in the run game, the way that he can be utilized to change up what you do formationally. And Jawan Jennings is a fine player, but he ain't Debo Samuel. And so now that makes Brock Purdy take more shots outside. Why? Because it's about personnel. Now I look for Brandon Ayuk to step up and be the guy. And that's when you get more reckless because for as much as Brock Purdy can anticipate, for as much as Brock Purdy can be accurate, His arm isn't the strongest arm, and once you get outside of those numbers, that counts. That's why a guy like Matthew Stafford, even though he's aging, can play great this year because he can put it wherever he wants to put it. Brock Purdy can't do that. Now, let's think about what the Detroit Lions walk in to Santa Clara being able to do. They can run the football with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. You know who had a field day last week? Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. What are you going to – you think it was difficult – going uh, down, down, and around, which is bringing the uh, wide receiver down to block the end and pulling two tackles against the Packers? Do you know who's pulling for the Detroit Lions? Panay Sewell. <laughs> and he is headhunting. And Jameer Gibbs is a step faster than Aaron Jones. He has that Chris Johnson effect. Let him get in the open field if you want. So what does that happen? That puts that puts Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner in the bind. And what do they like to do from a passing standpoint in Detroit? Play Play action in between the numbers. The San Francisco 49ers are the best team. The San Francisco 49ers have the better roster. San Francisco 49ers have the better play calling head coach. And so all of that says, well, damn, Ryan, you should pick Brock Purdy. But I'm not. It's going to be Jared Goff. It's going to be Ben Johnson and the way that this team plays football as it pertains to this game against the San Francisco 49ers, well, which is also why I'm picking the Detroit Lions to win. RC, can I, I – um, are you sure? No, San I'm not Francisco. sure. No, no, listen. listen That's what why I'm, I'd rather I, talk about I what the field I have, I have not finished the question, Mr. – can you allow me to pivot to the full question, sir, please? Are you sure – 
that we can definitively say that San Francisco has the better players. Yeah. I don't see, I mean, I'm looking at Detroit. It's that secondary I'm, I'm, I'm watching Detroit. them, y'all. I'm, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's closer than people give credit to because yes. you look yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, offensive yes. line, running back, receivers. It's where defense that the Lions fall yep. off. Okay, fine. It. I'm talking offensively. Defensively, give it to offensively, San Francisco. Offensively, offensively, they're the same. Offensively, they're about the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Caffrey. offensively, I don't see a drop-off from the yeah. Detroit Lions. Yeah, you, you, if you go right. offensively, the standout is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey changes the conversation. The best player. The best player. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. Laporta. Great like Right, be Sam Laporta They'll is, get a, there. is a guy. He's he's on the George Kittle trajectory. Yes. And obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown, from just In playing Debo. the receiver position, is there already. Yes. He's a dude. But I do believe that the San Francisco 49ers have a slight edge roster-wise, but it's not big, which is why this game is so much closer, so much more competitive than people may think. And honestly, than we all thought of before the San Francisco 49ers played the Baltimore Ravens yeah. on Christmas. That game changed a lot for how we perceive them, how we perceive yeah. their quarterback, and I also think about the way the rest of the league has approached them. It said to the world that a team that seemed like they could never be punched in the mouth can get, can pushed, get punched yeah. in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And once you see the bully get dropped one time, he ain't taking no more lunch money. And so now the San Francisco 49ers have a different challenge in a tough-minded Dan Campbell-led Detroit Lions. Yeah, because he won't abandon the run now because he's, he knows that it can be effective. You just got to stay consistent with it, and you saw them get pushed around, and the Baltimore Ravens were the first team to show you that you can do that. Mm. San Francisco favored by seven and a half. Damn. When we come back, on, it is Damn. a lot of the points. The disrespect to the what up, though. Even taking them. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Let's get into some hoops here. So South Carolina trailed for nearly 33 minutes of Thursday's marquee matchup against LSU. Angel Reese fouled out with 4-2 to play. The Gamecocks went on an 11-3 run to close the game and come away with a 76-70 victory, extending their undefeated season start. Stephen A., your thoughts on South Carolina's win? Well, I just think that Dawn Staley is one of the most phenomenal coaches we've ever seen in any sport and obviously been very dominant in women's college basketball. Beating LSU obviously is a tremendous feat because Kim Mulkey is no joke as well. One would argue she should easily be on the Mount Rushmore of coaches herself in women's basketball. But South Carolina, obviously, they're not the reigning defending champions. It's LSU, and I think that last night they were sending the message, we intend to reclaim what we once lost. We will see you again. And I think we saw that last night. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's get back to the playoff action this weekend because it is time for Sportsbook Predictions when we try to get you paid and we start in the AFC. Bart, will Patrick Mahomes have more or less than 248 and a half passing yards against the Ravens? More. I, I think this is going to be more offensive than most people give credit for, and I think Mahomes will be behind and he'll be able to open it up as I think the Ravens do everything to try and take the head of the snake, which isn't Patrick Mahomes. It's Isaiah Pacheco who sets the tempo for them. So I think he's going to be able to have some favorable one-on-ones on the outside because I think the Ravens think they can lock him up one-on-one. I don't think there's any question that he's going to have more than 248 passing yards, and that's not to knock uh, Baltimore defense at all because I know how elite it is. Uh, but they have a lot of success. They've had a lot of success playing zone. And I think when you play zone against a guy that likes to patch in the homes, he's going to find a way, at least on occasions, to exploit you and get a hell of a lot more than 248 yards, and that's what I think is going to happen in this game. All right, Bart, Jared Goff, more or less than 254.5 passing yards on the road against that Niners defense? I think less because I think the game plan is to play keep away from that explosive offense and you do that by running the ball and limiting the possessions. You talked about you know how San Francisco's been pushed around. I think you're able to get some big plays with that play action but you got to establish a run and also the time of possession. So because of that I believe that you know, Jared Goff would throw for less but I think the offensive productivity will be a lot higher you know, in, a, in the mid-300s. I get where you're coming from because you're basically saying their success is going to be predicated on their running game and they're going to run the football and that's how they're going to be effective as opposed to passing it. But I think the run is going to set up the pass for Jared Goff on more than a few occasions. I'm not trying to say he's going to throw for 400 yards, but it'll be for more than 254 and a half. Mm. Bart, how about Christian McCaffrey? Will he have more or less than 87 and a half rushing yards against Detroit? Hometown. I, I think more. Um, and I think because he's going to take some of the heavy lifting away from Debo, whether Debo plays or not, 
some of those jet sweeps and lining up at receiver and getting the ball in his hands. You know, I think he'll do a lot of those things. I think they'll lean on Christian McCaffrey because they know that Debo Samuels, if he does play, is going to be limited. You don't want a guy with a bad shoulder holding the football because those are, you know, opportunities to have turnovers. So I think they're going to lean on McCaffrey. He's going to get 30 touches. I think he's going to have 20 carries. I think he'll bust a couple of big plays. He's too dynamic to hold up and contain. You just hope to, you know, that you can make the, the stops when you get opportunity to. I'm a bit more skilled at television than Bart Scott in this particular situation. Oh. So simple, simply put, here's the answer. I agree. Okay. See how simple that was? <laughs> I had to fill the time. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.